One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Wednesday, the 26th of January. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Emily Wither. The West considers the worst possible sanctions against Russia. There will be enormous consequences if he were to go in and invade, as he could, the entire country. And Britain's Prime Minister is now under police investigation for breaking the Covid laws he wrote. As the person in charge of the ship, uh, it may well be that he's considered to be an organiser, in which case the police could be finding him up to £10,000. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We begin once again with a story that shows no sign of easing off. Powers around the world are putting everything in place to have sanctions ready to go if Russia invades Ukraine. In the United States, President Joe Biden has said he's considering personal sanctions on Vladimir Putin should such a move happen, saying there will be enormous consequences for the world. For Russia, not only in terms of economic consequences and political consequences, but it will be enormous consequences worldwide. This would be the largest, if he were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world. In the UK, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that Britain is prepared to deploy troops to protect NATO allies in Europe and warned Russia of severe economic consequences if it invades Ukraine. We will not reopen that divide by agreeing to overturn the European security order because Russia has placed a gun to Ukraine's head. The Australian federal government, meanwhile, is considering introducing Magnitsky-style sanctions against Russians who are implicated in aggression against Ukraine. They are measures used to intensify international efforts to deter war. They include seizing property and denying travel. As well as individual sanctions, Western leaders are also in discussions about banning Russia from SWIFT, the world's dominant international payment system. This step is seen as the nuclear option when it comes to sanctions, as it effectively cuts Russian banks off from the West. Colleen Grafey, a US diplomat, has told Times Radio more about whether economic sanctions could prevent a Russian invasion. What we've seen is that there is real interest from Congress that real, very intense economic sanctions should be either in place already or be articulated now as to what will happen if Putin makes a move. But one country that's shown more resistance to any activity against Russia is Germany, 
which is refusing to arm any parties to the conflict. There seems to be two explanations for this. One is gas, the other is guilt. Oliver Moody is the Times of London's correspondent in Berlin. Germany has a historical responsibility to be what gets called a Friedensmacht, a peace power, um, to try to cool off conflict wherever possible. And in particular, that means um, ensuring that Russia has minimal reason to, um, to go to war in Eastern Europe, uh, which basically means um, not exactly giving Russia everything that it wants, but certainly uh, giving it the benefit of the doubt. Russia has accused the US and others of escalating tensions over the issue and denies planning to enter Ukraine. Well, it's been a big week of decision-making for EU leaders who have not only deliberated on the situation with Russia, but are considering changes to international travel rules. The latest recommendation from the EU is that vaccinated residents should not need to test or quarantine when entering member states. We adopted today our revised recommendations for travel within the European Union so that the reasoning changes and, as many member states have already started doing, we focus much more on the personal situation of the people, vaccinated or not, than the epidemiological situation in this or that country or region of the European Union, with restrictions which should obviously be stricter for people who are not vaccinated. That's French Europe Minister Clément Benou speaking at the news conference as the move was announced. It means anyone who can provide vaccination status that holds an EU digital COVID certificate wouldn't be subject to the current restrictions from the start of next month. All member states agreed to the new travel rules on Tuesday, but it's not quite that straightforward. It's not an agreement that's binding, and each individual EU state has the right to enforce their own restrictions. On the way, there's a glimmer of hope for negotiators of Iran's nuclear deal, and it may be a Disney classic, but a leading actor says Snow White needs a rethink. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We've already heard from the British Prime Minister during this episode of the Times Daily War Briefing, speaking about the UK's stance on Russia and Ukraine. But whilst there's trouble in international waters, there's also more problems on his own doorstep. Boris Johnson continues to be at the centre of allegations of illegal gatherings during coronavirus lockdowns, which would mean he broke the very rules he made. And now, after rumours of a birthday party for the Prime Minister himself, police say they are investigating events in Downing Street for potential breaches of regulations, as announced by the Metropolitan Police Commissioner Cressida Dick. My officers have assessed several other events that appear to have taken place at Downing Street and Whitehall. On the available information, these other events are assessed as not reaching the threshold for criminal investigation. Boris Johnson says he's willing to be interviewed by officers, insisting he hasn't broken the law. But what happens if he is fined for breaking COVID rules? Legal pundit and barrister Rupert Myers has been speaking to Times Radio. If he's found to have been involved in a persistent rule-breaking exercise, to have 
been willfully misconducting himself in attending. I think there's there's records of over 15 parties and um, that, that can carry very serious criminal conviction and indeed could uh, result in prison time. A hardliner may be softening in Iran, as the country's president, Ibrahim Raisi, said that Tehran's 2015 nuclear deal is possible as long as the U.S. removes sanctions. Formerly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the United States pulled out of the deal in 2018 when former President Trump announced that he would negotiate a better deal and reimposed harsh sanctions on Iran. This prompted Tehran to violate nuclear limits of the agreement. Four years on, no such deal has been negotiated. Since last April, Tehran and Washington have held indirect talks in relation to the pact. But President Raisi says they are willing to talk again as long as the other sides are willing to lift the unjust sanctions. The UK's Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, says if Iran doesn't revive the deal soon, then all options will be on the table. This negotiation is urgent and progress has not been fast enough. We continue to work in close partnership with our allies, but the negotiations are reaching a dangerous impasse. Iran must now choose whether it wants to conclude a deal or be responsible for the collapse of the JCPOA. And if the JCPOA collapses, all options are on the table. Iran's refusal to meet directly with U.S. officials in Vienna means the other parties making up the pact, Britain, China, France, Germany and Russia, must liaise with two sides. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. Changes have been made to a major soccer tournament after news of a deadly crush. With more, here's John Jackson. The Africa Cup of Nations quarterfinal, due to be held at the Yuende Olembe Stadium, will now be played at an alternative venue in the city. It's following a fatal crush outside the stadium on Monday. At least eight people were killed and dozens were injured as fans surged to gain access to the stadium for the game between the hosts Cameroon and Comoros. It's believed up to 50,000 people attended the match, more than expected due to COVID-19 restrictions. Criticism has also been drawn by the decision to let the game go ahead following the incident. Confederation of African Football President Patrice Motsepe visited some of the injured fans on Tuesday and said the organisation should take responsibility along with the local organising committee and the Cameroonian government. Morocco and Senegal are the latest teams to progress to the quarterfinals. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Disney is beginning another live-action remake of a Disney classic, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But not everyone is whistling while they work. Game of Thrones star Peter Dinklage, who has a form of dwarfism, has criticised the hypocrisy of Disney to be proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White while telling a story, as he said, of seven dwarfs living in a cave together. Dinklage suggested he would welcome the release if the makers were telling a story with a cool or progressive spin on it, but could not accept a live-action remake centering on the traditional portrayal of people with dwarfism. The actor has expressed disappointment that studios are not taking more risks with productions, instead choosing to rely on remakes. And finally, yesterday it was the story of a spam male producing a winning lottery ticket. Today, it's a fortune cookie because a veteran from North Carolina has made four million out of the Chinese snack. 
Gabrielle Fierro and his wife dine at the Red Bull Asian Bistro in Charlotte weekly, and one night he decided, on a whim, to play his fortune cookie numbers in last Tuesday's drawing. And his whim has paid off, giving him the biggest win in the state's online play history. The 60-year-old retired as a disabled combat veteran after 32 years in the army and plans to invest most of his winnings. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Wednesday, the 26th of January. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Megan Rinks. And I'm Melissa D. Mott. And like every other person with access to a microphone, we started a podcast. On Mondays, we release Don't Blame Me, which is an advice podcast where listeners call in and we share our thoughts on situations such as what to do if you're going to your boyfriend's family function and you haven't told him that you previously slept with both as twin brothers. Then on Thursdays, we release our podcast, But Am I Wrong?, where we ethically gossip about pop culture, politics, our lives, and your lives. Listeners write in and we tell them if they're wrong or right in a situation. Are you the hero or the villain? On Tuesdays and Fridays, we throw in a little something extra as well. Well, something, something. We strive to create a community grounded in activism, mental health, and inclusivity. Think of us as like your blunt, honest friends who give you advice that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But we're also always rooting for your success. What we lack in credentials, we make up for in... Opinions. We do that in every episode, too. (laughs) We're professional unprofessionals, so if you're looking for a new slate of podcasts to add to your routine, we're here for you. ACAST recommends. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.